everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Jacks. Today, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Gosforn, a.k.a. The Soccer Goose, and my name is Alex Warren. How is uh, the Dudas Priest Goose? It's doing good, yeah. Like, outside of uh, the soccer life, it's uh, uh, it's good. So there's, there's that. The, yeah, the soccer mean, aspect isn't, uh, isn't great. But um, yeah. it could be worse. That's the I don't I don't know whether to to call the glass. It's not half full and it's not really half empty. It's just kind of it's there. It's murky. I don't know. Yeah, at this point, it's like dirty water in the glass too. Yeah, so you don't even really care if it's half full or half empty. So yeah, <laughs> you just kind of you know it's there. It's an option. If you're thirsty, you could drink it, but you, you don't really want to. Yeah, but know. you know it could it's... it could get worse because it can always get worse. And you and I, you know, we have the Arsenal Europa League final tomorrow when this is airing. So yeah, we'll either <laughs> probably by the time somebody listens to this, we will either be very happy or very sad. Um, and then yep. Saturday is the Champions League final, the grown-up European trophy. Um, yeah, eh, that one doesn't really matter. And yeah, yeah, and so our our greatest rivals could possibly win that. So you know, it's gonna, it's probably gonna be either a really good or really bad week for the two of us in terms of soccer. So yeah, so then uh, the the water could get worse. The dirty water could. in our glass could get poisoned. I don't yeah. know, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, for those that don't know, which would be kind of weird to listen to this if you haven't watched the game, but maybe you haven't. I, I maybe. I would recommend not watching this game, if, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> it was a uh, 0-0 draw that, um, against the Riverhounds, for context's sake, that was... It should have been an opportunity for us to... Um, given the, the context of the game... Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you I just say the I'm result, really it, you know, it doesn't sound too bad. We got yeah. a nil-nil draw, which we got a clean sheet, our first clean sheet of the season. We had to play yep. a team, which they're not a top team this year so far, but in last season they were a top team. Um, mm-hmm. Tough, tough place to play. Well, not really for us. For most people, it's a tough place to play. Um, mm-hmm. all, so all things considered, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I, you know, zero zero, whatever. Uh, yeah. Take the point, whatever. But you have to throw in the context that we were. Pittsburgh was playing with 10 men for about 60 minutes when you factor in the added time. Um, yep. So then it just kind of becomes a different conversation. And then you look at the performance versus the result. And the performance really, we were honestly lucky to even get a draw, even down to man. Because, I mean, yeah. did we, Curtis Anderson stood on his head for a couple of saves. And he did have the one mistake uh, at the end that nearly cost us as well. Um, where he 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 went for the the catch and didn't make the cl- catch cleanly, um, but other than that, I thought it was other than that one moment. I thought it was Curtis's best performance um, this season. I thought he his distribution was very good. I thought his shot stopping. Yeah. I mean, he made some really clutch saves where yeah. guys just kind of left him out to dry, which is just ridiculous when you consider the context. Uh, but he said he made several saves, especially in the second half, that really kept us. Um, in the game, I think there was one in the first half as well on a free kick that was really nice. I think that was before they went down a man, because um, of course there was the weather delay, which kind mm. of felt like halftime. Which that happened, I think, around 25 minutes. So there was like a 
yeah. over an hour delay. Um, and it was one of those things where we really needed it. We weren't playing well. It looked, it seemed like Pittsburgh was going to score any second. And the delay, I thought, would give us a chance to figure out um, kind of what Pittsburgh was doing tactically and figure mm. out, you know, just how we can um, put a better performance out there. Um, and it didn't happen, really. They they came out of the locker room, and the only good thing that really happened between the delay and halftime was that Greenspan picked up two yellow cards in about yeah. a five, ten-minute span. Um, the first one was just a, a sloppy tackle, um, and mm. I thought both teams probably could have seen a lot more yellow cards. The, the referee was very um, friendly with the yellow cards in terms of yeah. keeping him in his pocket. Um, I thought several players could have been booked before Greenspan was um, after the delay, but then he picked up the second one, I think six minutes, eight minutes later, it looks like, because he slipped and Zion Jones was going to be one-on-one with the goalkeeper, probably two-on-one when you factor in uh, Oduro there. Um, mm. And so he just decided to throw his arm at the ball and, and take the second yellow card, which in, in turn was really the smart play because, you know, if he doesn't do that and we go up one to zero and, and the game obviously plays out the way it did, we get all three points. So he made the right call um, in getting sent off by been preventing the goal. So, you know, smart play by him. It, it's one of those weird situations where it's the smart play to get yourself sent off uh, because, you know, at the time they were still – you know, at, at the halfway line. Um, and we really, even after they went down, we, we, we generated nothing in the attack, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. which that, that was disappointing. But I think even more disappointing was that we were given, we're surrendering so many good chances on the other side. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say at this point. It was the same issues in the midfield. Um, yeah. Like I, I, at this point, like I'm, I'm pretty much ready to say if we, if there's a game when which we start Taku and Maria as the two midfielders, uh, we're not, we're never going to win a game. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that is just Oof. looking at the well. evidence of those two players together and what they can and can't do as a pair in that situation. Maybe if you put them, put a guy like Kevon George on the field and go to a three-man midfield, maybe that changes. But even then, I still don't think that's a, a very strong, other than Kevon, a very strong midfield. Uh, I, I just think those two are very limited in what they can bring you in the midfield. Um, and, you know, it's just the same issues over and over, really. Um, I thought Hugh Roberts played really well. I thought he yeah, had to, he had to bail us out. Really good. He and Curtis just had to bail us out too many times um, against a ten man yeah. opponent. Um, I I just don't see. I think the, the thing that frustrated me the most is that there was not a tactical adjustment made, and we've just seen that over and over again. Like we were getting beat to death, um, and and turning the ball over constantly in the midfield mm-hmm. and. Jake Ehrman sat on the bench, couldn't get in the game. Uh, Kevon yeah. George sat on the bench, couldn't get in the game. Mensali sat on the bench, couldn't get in the game. I mean, Mensali maybe doesn't bring you much in the mid- middle of the field, but Ehrman and George could. Um, yeah. Alex Martinez, not even in the 18, I think would do a better job than either Maria or Taku in the midfield. 
so yeah. that that's the frustrating part is that there's no adjustments being made um, to what is clearly not working. Um, and we ended up only using the two subs, uh, and Jorge didn't come on until the 73rd minute, which I thought was a little late. But I, if I if I were the coach, I would have I would have made a change at halftime, and we, and he did. He made he made Nicky Jackson on for Oduro, which I don't know that that's the change I would have made unless Oduro. Yeah, I uh, thought that was strange. Oduro said some said he felt something or or just wasn't looking comfortable. Um, I understand putting Nicky Jackson out there because we were playing a lot of long balls. And theoretically, Nicky Jackson is is a good outlet for those. Um, but I don't know. I would have taken off a center back and tried to go to a fourth, a, a three man midfield and a four man back line. Um, because at this point, I just want to see see something change in the middle of the field to where we can yeah. start to control matches. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's a little harsh uh, on those individual players, and maybe it's harsh on. Uh, this particular coach but at this point it's just like I would rather us make a change and lose than just continue to do what we're doing and you know get lucky to get a point because we were absolutely lucky to get a point we got outshot Mm. before the they went down to 10 men and after Um, I mean we took six shots the whole game Um, and five of them took place after the uh, red card and four of them were blocked so you know yeah. it's not like we were doing anything um it's, it was just so frustrating it, it was just like i don't know it just felt like i was watching a replay of all the other games where we've given the ball away way too easily in the middle of the field and lacked ideas in the final third when we could even get it there because we had a really hard time getting into the final third to begin yeah. with but when we once we did get there we had no ideas no plan it just seemed like it just seems like there's no direction with this particular um season yeah it's i mean i'll reference my thoughts after the game as well coupled along with uh brad barnett's from uh second yellow show i mean he had said after the game not a loss progress question mark i believe or, or something to that extent yeah and it's tough because in tandem, I'll reference some my thoughts after the game where, like you said, we were lucky to get a draw, I felt like, which is inc- which is not a great feeling um, given the context of the match. But it's also, I, I hate to be this negative, but I, but I feel like I have to given the way we've been this year is that like, it, it's really weird to feel that a draw away against a, a Bob Lilly coach team is is such a bad feeling because I mean all things considered we should be happy with this result I, I think even I, I could even find reason to be okay with this if even if we were down a man or up a man I should say and we just couldn't get the goal in the back of the net we tried and we tried. We, we had these chances. We had these chances. We just couldn't do it because of the stout defense of, of the, uh, of the Riverhounds. But we just, we didn't help ourselves. Like mm-hmm. it just felt like we were going through the motions. It felt like we were just. It, it 
and it honestly it felt like we weren't ever going to score quite yeah. frankly and, and no, I, I agree think with that, that. Maybe, we we were very not threatening like yeah i mean yeah and i think when we took off oduro i i don't want to say i hope that it was because of an injury but you you hope it's that rather than a tactical decision in some ways because Zion, I hate to say this again because I, I like what he brings to the table, but I don't think Zion was having a particularly good game over Oduro. Neither one of them were having a particularly great game, quite frankly. Um, I think Zion had better splashes of excitement in some ways than Oduro, but I, I was kind of surprised to see Oduro come off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing, I mean, really, I think the frustrating part about the formation we've, we've implemented is we're, we're, we're calling upon Enzo to do something that he has no help. We're, we're basically calling him or sorry, we're basically asking him to be a bridge between the, be a cam by technical definition be a bridge between the midfield and the attack. Mm-hmm. But we're not putting him in positive situations and we're not helping him when he gets the ball, I don't think. No, yeah, and you're right. You're definitely right. I think he's very he's, isolated. He's extremely isolated. I think there's uh, the problem, too, it feels like is there's so much of a gap between Enzo and those forwards and. Enzo in the midfield. It, it, it's like, it, yeah, it's very it's, segmented. It's weird because, yeah, I, I think I like what Dom has brought to the table this year. I I have no qualms about Dom. I, I but I think that it doesn't. There's some type of a disconnect. Um, I wish I could go back and watch film and watch games and focus in on this and focus in on that. But there's some. There's a disconnect between. Let's just not even focus on the midfield because we've we've obviously talked about them ad nauseum at this point. Um, I think there there has to be some type of a disconnect between Enzo and the forward and Enzo combining with the wide uh, wing backs essentially being Gutman and Johnson. Um, I, I it's really frustrating because I wish I knew. This is what we need to work on. This is what we need to do better. But I think it's there's just so many there's so many points of disconnect is what I what I think is the issue. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, um, I mean, in some ways, it is a, a progress because we didn't let in a goal. Um, but at the same time, we just got dominated in the midfield and like in some context to. To kind of, and I think we talked about this on the preview show. Um, the Riverhounds don't allow a lot of shots, quite frankly. So for the fact that the fact that we didn't get a lot of shots shouldn't be surprising. But you couple that with the fact that Joe Greenspan, their um, premier center back, was out for most of the game. Mm-hmm. I, and if I would have to assume or believe that he is basically the captain of the, of the back line. Um, he's gone. And we, we I, if, based on looking or listening to Mongols uh, recap of this game, they had a couple different players that were playing center back that are not center backs or in that type of a role. 
being Canardo Forbes, who is a midfielder, a facilitating midfielder, not a center back. And I want to say it was Dover, who is a wing back. We should have been able to exploit those 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 holes in the defense. And it just it, it literally looked like um, and I hate harping on this, but I will the the announcers probably due to the fact that there isn't a graphic for a club being down a man, which fix that USL. That's just don't, don't put it on the announcers to say every two minutes <laughs> that they're they're down a man. Yeah. Um, but like you really couldn't tell quite frankly. And, and the thing that's frustrating too is they lost, like I said, their, their premier center back essentially. And you could not tell that their, their game plan didn't change. The way they were attacking us didn't change. Nothing changed throughout the full 90 No, minutes. if anything, they got more aggressive when they went down a man. Yeah. And I, it felt like that they just, okay, we're just going to attack. We're going to attack and attack. And we're going to do our thing. And if we get a goal, fantastic. They're not really doing anything as far as a breaking down our defense and our midfield. So until that happens, we're just going to do what we're doing. Yeah. And I just, it's it's really frustrating because we have Kevon George, who um, I believe has been struggling with a back issue. Um, so that's, I mean, that is something that's going to take time. It's good to see him on the bench. I don't know that it's interesting because I don't know that bringing him in would have incredibly helped this middle of the game. Um, I mean, we did see that help against Atlanta United. I think it was that match. I, I think it would in. have helped some because so, I think it would have I don't know. kept Enzo from having to come so deep to pick up the ball. I mean, yeah, you want Enzo is such a talented player in the attacking phase that you want mm-hmm. him in the final third as much as possible. In the first half, yeah. he had one touch in the final third. One single mm. touch in the final third. Second half, he had more, but most of them are just barely in the final third, and a couple of them are corner kicks and set pieces. So, like, he just, he he's so, like you were saying earlier, he's being asked to bridge the whole field because he doesn't have any help to do it. He's, be, he's being asked to pick up the ball and then just carry it like Miguel Amaron, but he's not Miguel Amaron. Like he's not this player that is going yeah. to, I mean, he's, he's good. He's a good dribbler. He's good at blowing by people when he's healthy, but I don't think he's particularly healthy for one thing. And another thing, it's just so much easier when there's someone else who can facilitate that middle of the field. And he doesn't have to feel like he has to come all the way back and pick up the ball and then make a tough run and then make a tough pass and then hope to get the ball back and not get it back. Like, there's a lot of that happening. Um, and, and, you know, we have three center backs on the field, and I don't know. I feel like Tico is, is not a good passer. I feel like Hugh is a good passer most of the time. Aaron Mond is to be determined. I feel like he hasn't played enough to really know how strong of a passer he is. We just don't have a lot of great passers. But have you noticed how it seems like he's filling into a... It's been interesting to see when we did have the ball in this match because it seems like he fills into a very deep CDM role. And essentially we're having Teacoat and Roberts as our main center backs. Have you noticed that at all? I don't know if it... It's hard to describe because, of course, the formation is going to change when we do get the ball... Yeah, but it feels like we become very one-sided too, which is one thing that seems 
I feel like that's always been say. a problem for our. I mean, when in the past we've been very right side heavy with Joel Johnson and um, mm. and like when David even back to like the David Estrada days, uh, we, we've always been pretty right right side heavy. This year we're a little more left side heavy because of Andrew Gutman, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, in terms of like Mon's positioning, like his touch map, um, he does. I don't know. His touch map is not super heavy in terms of touches like really high up the field but i think he and hugh roberts both had moments where they would they had a lot of space and they just carried the ball kind of into their own half a little bit or into the pittsburgh half i mean uh from their own half and and tried to just kind of push the pressure away that way when they had the space just because the midfield was was just not there to do it um i think i think it's just the biggest thing we lack in terms of personnel, it's just we don't have a, lot, a ton of passing on the field. Um, and, and not just passing, yeah. but, like, someone who can play, like, the, the tough pass. We have a lot of guys who can play mm-hmm. the simple ball. They can square it. They can go back to the goalkeeper they, or their center back. They can play it out wide and swing it slowly at times, back and forth. We just don't have a lot of guys who can break lines and play long diagonals and really open up the defense um and that yeah Yeah. that's something we're definitely missing this year maybe mark hill can do that a little bit um he's been out for so long though it's going to take him a while to get back to fitness and kivon can do that at times he's still not his biggest strength his biggest strength i think is winning the ball and and Mm. playing more in transition but it's certainly i mean we could certainly use his ball winning ability um but, but yeah, I think that's that's something we definitely lack in this year's squad. Um, but at this point, we got to work with what we got, and I don't think I, I think we just need to get more people on the field who can tr- control that middle of the field and not give the ball away constantly. And I think yeah, I, I, I and would, I think provide I would, yeah. outlets too in yeah. the midfield. I think that's the other thing that we're really struggling with is even when when Enzo head the ball in, in mildly attacking positions. And I'm talking between once he gets past the halfway line and before the goal, way before the goal, but like that part of the pitch, whatever the technical term is, I don't know. But it just <laughs> felt like we we left him on an island. It, it felt like at times both our forwards or wingbacks and I'm – this obviously was a long time ago, so my memory isn't great, but that the game happened. But it's just, it felt like we expected, I don't, I don't want to say we expected too much of him, but like, we, we, you can't put any player on the pitch on any team on an island in against that midfield and expect him to just destroy and just get around players left and right. Yeah. I, I, you're going to have to have the best attacking midfielder in the league to be able to do that, quite frankly. And if you're not going to provide outlets to him and be threatening to the, to the back line in the midfield and, and give him an opportunity to attack, I, I don't, it's just, it's not working. And I, I like, the personnel we have in the sense of the two forwards. I think 
I don't want to make it out like McGinnis is in an easy position as far as selecting a starting 11. But at the same time, Dom has been good when we can get him service and we can do it quickly. Otherwise, he's not very effective, quite frankly. And also, yeah, he needs there's space a distinct to, to run, problem. Make runs. Yeah, and there's a distinct problem. Like what worked in the Nashville goal, we were able to quickly move between Maria, Enzo, and Oduro, if I'm not mistaken, um, or whoever it was that got it to Enzo, and then Enzo got it quickly to Dom Oduro. It's the only time we've seen that happen this year, and I think that's the the framework for how this formation is going to work. But that's not going to work every time, especially when the midfield is ready for us too. I mean, I, I think. I don't know. It's just, I think it's most frustrating too because as much as McGinnis doesn't have an easy job, we have Armin on the bench and we have and Alex on the squad that provide, if nothing else, if they're not going to make the starting 11 and we're going to have a match like this, we need to not be as top heavy, flat out. It's not going to work, and it has not worked for X amount of time. We need someone to help Enzo. And just because he is, and I still believe this, because he still has the quality to be an upper echelon attacking player. He's proved it with the four assists that he's provided that we've capitalized on. Mm-hmm. And he's provided other opportunities too. So, But it's just, I don't know why we're not giving him a partner in the midfield. Because Jake and Alex have provided sparks off the bench to really been a bright spot when we need them. And we're not utilizing them. And I don't – I think to just throw Nicky Jackson out there and throw Jorge Herrera on there and just say, okay, our two attacking – forwards haven't uh or two forwards haven't worked out let's just swap them out for two other ones and that this hope that works out right nothing changed in the you know nothing corrected yeah. the problems that led up because i don't think it was that zion jones and oduro were really having bad nights they didn't have a lot they yeah. didn't have any chances on the ball so for one thing but there was no it didn't seem like there was a plan to put them in put good goal scoring positions because yeah. I don't think either Zion Jones or Oduro are the type of players who are going to create a goal out of nowhere. Um, it's going to take service. And it, most goal scorers are like that. We, it's, it's pretty rare for a guy to just create something out of thin air um, at this level. Yeah. But, and that's with the, the perspective of, of course, Zion's major opportunity was nullified by a yellow card. Right. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just... We're expecting, quite frankly, with this formation, if we're going to expect or plan on trying to score goals like we did against Nashville, that's not going to happen every week, too. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, because... Unless we just decide to totally change who we are as a team um, yeah. and, and go you know, full-on bunker encounter, which at this point mm-hmm. I would not be opposed to because it would be something different. Um, yeah. Well, so I mean, I, 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 I at this point, it's... I just want, I just want to see 
changes. I don't care if they yeah. work. F- do something that doesn't work because this doesn't work. So do something else that doesn't work, and if it does, and then maybe we'll find something that does work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I, I think that's yeah. I, I think at this point, I mean, that's we've the, yeah, we've started what the Maria Taku midfield since NYCFC. Is that right? Yeah, NCFC. I don't think we played NCFC. in NYCFC. Oh, that would have gone. That probably oh, would have gone yeah. worse. Oh God, yeah. That, <laughs> you don't remember us playing in NYCFC? That, <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, sorry, uh, I don't know why I said that, but. I mean, NCFC, I think we've played that midfield since then, and our best result has been a 1-1 draw three times. So, yeah. And I think those are fine, but, like, it just doesn't... It doesn't, it doesn't encourage you. Like, the, perfor- the underlying performance of those results is more worrying than the result themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and the Nashville yep. one aside, I mean, we played really well in the second half against Nashville but really other than that those draws have been very so-so performances and then this one was even worse than so-so I would say this was this is up there with one of our worst performances of the season despite getting a result in my opinion yeah Um, I mean when you consider the factors it would have taken yeah all the factors it would have taken a fluky thing for us to have scored a goal quite frankly and i don't know it's uh it's sometimes i don't like doing this podcast now but then other times it's nice because it's like a form of therapy in some ways (laughs) just happens to be recorded that's for sure but uh yeah it's just i i still think we have the ability we're just not tapping into that and uh, things things need to change for because the way they're going can't continue quite frankly i mean if we're going to for us to get above in the table we're going to have to get 3 points at some point i mean we're yeah and big if true where are we at yeah <laughs> well <laughs> yeah yeah i guess in my mind that that sounded more profound <laughs> But uh, but really, and like where we are in the table is unacceptable, quite frankly. I, I, excuses aside, and I love excuses. Don't get me wrong. We've had we've had ref problems. We've had injuries. We've had this. We've had that. Where we are in the table is unacceptable. Yep. Whether we're building or not, like it's just not. It's yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I, and it's just I don't know. The, I think just the whole if if we if you're gonna go with a rebuilding, if that's gonna be the 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 narrative that this is a rebuilding year. Yeah. I I just don't under I don't I don't buy that. I feel like that is that may be the line that ends up coming out after the season, but you don't sign Dominique Oduro and some of these other players. I mean. You don't bring back Enzo. You don't bring back Jorge. You don't do this for a rebuilding yeah. year. You know you don't. You just don't do that. That's just that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. You don't sign Hugh Roberts if you're rebuilding. These are players that you put into the team that you expect to compete. 
uh, for something, whether whether that's just a playoff berth, home playoff berth, whatever. It's just some of this stuff yeah. just doesn't it. It just doesn't mesh, and maybe that's a bigger conversation to have after the season. Um, yeah. But regardless, you know, like you said, this is obviously one of our saddest podcasts for sure. Um, so I think I'm ready to just wrap it here. Yeah. I don't really want to beat a dead horse. Um, yeah, we got the, the Ottawa I think the game. Horse is dead, so. Yeah, we got an <laughs> Ottawa game on Sunday. Um, hopefully, we'll if we can nail down a guest, we will be back with you with another podcast. But in the last couple of years, we have not been able to connect with anybody um, yeah. f- who follows the Ottawa Fury. So um, if we're not able to, we'll just speak to you guys after the game. Um, we'll save the one listener question we got. We'll save it for another week. Um, just yeah. So, you got anything else, Ben, or are you ready to to end this therapy session? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think I've already uh, overextended my bill, so <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up, yeah. All righty, everybody. Take care. Uh, don't take independence losses too hard, sometimes like we do. And uh, have a good rest <laughs> of your holiday week or yeah. short week. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> as always, come on, you jacks. <laughs> <laughs>